Welcome to the Movie Theater Time Machine Podcast. Well, yeah, you guys know what to do. Take it away. (laughs) You ready for your close-up, Max? Yeah. Go ahead and get that ready. We got to get the greatest stars of all. Us? Yeah, you guys. Hell yeah. All right. right, Keep feeding us that. Yes. (laughs) Okay, I'm Kaz. I'm Nick. And we've... Oh, you make your own intro. Oh, and, and I'm Bob. Well, it's good to be uh, back. Oh, we got Bob. He's Bob's not finally dead. home, man. Back. Yeah. I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> there could have been some Bob is dead clues there. We could have taken missing, a little missing, further, missing. but uh, special phone number to call. Yeah. <laughs> Dress him up as a walrus. Goo 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 joop. <laughs> Take your shoes off. Walk across the road, man. <laughs> is he carrying a coffin now? Wow. <laughs> Linda no. McCartney's widow, 128 if. What? Oh, man. Uh, Going through the random ones here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that should have won an award. What? Best conspiracy theory. <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine if there was a, an award show for conspiracy theories. Oh, my God. We got to write that idea down. That would be a funny yeah, sketch. Yeah, half the freaking internet, really. InfoWars would win that one. <laughs> would they be most realistic? <laughs> InfoWars. Uh, what would the categories be? How about there could be most realistic, most yeah. ridiculous, fake. most hilarious. Ever in fake news history is How about fake. most memeable, like uh, <laughs> jet fuel can't melt, melt steel beams. That's been a bunch of memes. <laughs> okay, so uh, we got to hurry it along because it's technically Sunday. Yeah, yeah, we'll hold it, so... We just finished Sunset Boulevard. Part of the Golden Globes month. Yeah, it's the last one, isn't it? Yeah, For this I month. guess so. We need a, a new theme. Yeah, I was thinking of going on to Oscars now, but... I don't know. You know, I was just thinking, really, I was watching this, and I was thinking about what we've, you know... Like, the Oscars have come out, and I don't know if you've seen it, Kelly, but I know you probably have seen some of the... I saw some of the nominations. Yeah. I don't pay attention. I don't care. Yeah. Well, it's some of the nominations. I mean, the ones that really got out there were, like, you know, the 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 movies that were, that were nominated were, like, you know, character studies. Yeah. This year, like, you know, particularly noticing, like, Get Out. Mm-hmm. Got it a lot, and I mean, there were so many parallels. I mean, I didn't see Get Out, but there's a lot of parallels to it. I'm just thinking, really, I mean, between we between Get Out and what? And Sunset Boulevard. Really? Yeah. I, I saw parallels between um, American Beauty. Cause he, really? Because they end up dead at the end and narrating, like, as ghosts. You know what? I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. That movie was fucked up. Mm hmm. That one that has different connotations now. Oh God, I know, right? But yeah, no, but it just there's so many. Stop being perverts. And where you see so many true. Don't rape anybody or whatever. Yeah, where you see so many. Um, Real easy. Yeah, see so many of these that's similar today. I mean, it's it's so you're you're seeing a lot of reboots mm. now as well. Like something like this could definitely come back. And when we're talking about Get Out, I mean, we usually do this for fantasy casting, but fantasy, you know, get you know, Sunset Boulevard with a black family is Get Out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Um, but there was, yeah. like, sci-fi brain-switchy shit going on there. Yeah. Well, at least I, the I first half I never saw it, but I read it, yeah. about it. At least the first half of it, yeah. 
there's there's just definite parallels to it, but I see something like this could definitely happen today. I don't know, but yeah. I I was just looking over and wasn't uh wasn't Gloria Swanson like an actual um ex silent film star? Yeah. So how yeah. could you somebody who's been there you can't really get that again. Oh, I don't know, maybe yeah. But probably, unlike Norma, yeah. she had the sense to move on to TV, I guess. That's yeah. what it said. The oh, okay. article I read. I didn't hear that. Oh, I, I just read a, yeah. some article. Yeah. Move, on Movie Phone, I think. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, you know, that's a good website. Uh, and so for the awards, I mean, it, won, it was nominated for 11 Academy Awards. It won three. Um, just to go through a few. Eric von Strahom, who played Max. What? Not you. Uh, <laughs> uh, played uh, played Max. Nancy Olsen uh, played the girl and the, the writer there who was sneaking away with. Billy Wilder, director, and William Holden. In the year? Yeah, uh, 1950. Okay. 1950. William Holden nominated for Best Director, Best Actress for Gloria Swanson. The one for Best Writing and Screenplay, Best Art and Set set Direction, Black and White, and for Best Music Score. Um, Not a bad one, but I mean, I've heard that music many times. I don't remember. Similar, yeah. It just sounded so similar to it. It just didn't make any... Like parodies, yeah. you think? Yeah. I've seen it parodied. Yeah. Parody. Yeah, no, yeah. I've seen it parodied. Yeah. No, I definitely yeah. have. I think everybody has. Yeah. I actually saw the movie, like, last year, I think. Yeah, what we're going to do, I mean, while we do that, I'm just going to post the uh, Carol Burnett sketches. Oh, God, your, yes. Uh, Carol Burnett does a excellent Nord, yeah. comedy Nord. Yeah, well, Nora Desmond and not Norma Desmond, but I uh, think probably changed slightly for... Oh, uh, uh, okay. Changed slightly for, you know, legality purposes. More like parody purposes. Yeah, <laughs> but it was just really, it was really good. <laughs> really good. I'm putting the one up right now where she got, uh, she was going to be, uh, <laughs> she was going to be uh, um, side by side with the bug. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, I just put that okay. up right now. So. I want to see yeah. Carol Burnett yeah. do the Nora Desmond doing Charlie Chaplin thing. Yeah. Actception. I like that. No, I definitely like oh, that. Oh, shoot. Man, cool. uh, Gloria Swanson did a, a real good Chaplin. Mm-hmm. I think so. I agree. There was, like, stuff about his mannerisms I didn't even notice until I, I saw her do it. And I'm like... <laughs> Oh man, he is kind of twitchy sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, true. Oh, this true. movie got a car phone. I'm like, yeah. What? We need to yeah. talk about this car phone, yeah. We should, yeah. yeah. We need to talk about it. It was like in a 1920s car. And why the fuck did this car have hideous wicker caning on it on the outside of it? Like, yeah, that I've, like a yeah. grotesque lawn chair. No, I. I was dragged to car show after car show with my dad when I was a kid, you know, and, you know, in later years, I really appreciated it, but I didn't appreciate it then. 
I'm like, well, come on, man. Cartoons are on. I don't want to get up early. Yeah. Man. You know, but I never saw anything like that. I mean, I equated that car in this film to the Munsters car. <laughs> yeah. It was very like it. I mean, it was very strange. And Super it only expensive. cost me $28,000. Yeah. Uh, the article I read, I guess it would, or some article, I think it'd be like a half million in today money. Oh. Well, but of course, you wouldn't be able to get leopard skin seats. No. no, 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 no. Funny though. Yeah, it really did have that. I think. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, genuinely, with this movie, I mean, it's been parodied. <laughs> yeah. I saw a lot of parodies to it. Tiny Tunes. Tiny Tunes. Yeah. I don't remember exactly how. Elmira. Was it Elmira? Elmira came down the staircase. Oh. She was ready for a close-up, you know? Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's starting to come back to me. That's all. I, I don't remember anything else about that episode, though. No, no, but it's... I have to look it up, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's on Hulu now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. The, the entire Tiny Toon series. Oh, all tiny? Really? The entirety of it, dude. Wow. Really? Should we get into the review? Yeah, why not? Sure. I don't know how much to say without... It's pretty late. Well, I mean, we'll just kind of hit the highlights of it. So, um, we have Joe, who, if you've seen, um, not the past season of Archer, but the season before that, (laughs) this is a direct parody. Uh, That was a direct parody of this movie. I can't help... But wonder if Bojack Horseman's uh, theme kind of references, or maybe he's just drunk and falling into a pool. Yeah, for artistic purposes, I bet. But, um, you know, you have Joe who he's dead. Yeah, he's dead. The end. <laughs> All right. Or the beginning. So he's Joe Gillis is a screenwriter, not very successful. Um, has a fancy car, he's behind on payments, he's behind in payments on his rent, really down on his luck, um, there's a couple of cops who are, you know, now trying to... Repossess. Yeah, trying to repossess, get there, he turns into this driveway, finds his abandoned house, or so he thought. Dun dun dun! Yeah, stows the car away, and, uh... Interrupts a monkey funeral. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he happens to uh, he happens to fall into the trap of well basically of Nora Desmond Norma uh, oh yeah sorry <coughs> uh, but Norma Desmond former film star uh, who can never quite make it to the talkies mm-hmm. and accompanied by I don't worry about him he'll, Max uh, the bald butler yeah but <laughs> <laughs> we got guests yeah. in the, we got guests folks you they're don't know it. we got guests and there's stinky kitty butts yeah we got the guests. um <clears throat> yeah um max is played a uh, very very well um but I if like anything a little better Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, people who have listened to this show for a while, you know my feeling on Harvey Corman. I mean, Harvey Corman is an unsung genius. And he absolutely is awesome. We've done a few movies of his uh, back when we did the Mel Brooks series. Yeah. The films. But, I mean, he, he just, he what is so that? funny. August. Okay, August yeah, uh, he, yeah. 2017, if you want to check out Mel yeah. Brooks Month. 
He, yeah, uh, he cool. is so freaking funny. But it, it's worth checking out the parodies. I mean, again, we're posting them on our Facebook page. <laughs> uh, go check that out and then see there because that is just great. plug the Facebook page in the podcast. Right. In case you want to find it. Yeah, for yeah to find it. Movie Theater Time Machine on Facebook. And we also have a podcast. It's a vlog. Yeah. Oh, our vlog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Silly. Yeah, you can find that as well. And um, at least while we're at that, we want to give thanks again for Pachico's Furniture. I uh, actually had a nice conversation with the owner today. Do you have uh, any bo- beds that look like rowboats? <laughs> uh, yeah, Joe, yeah. <laughs> Joe, very, very nice. Um, liked a few of our episodes. Cool. Uh, you know, so um, we said we will Thumbs do... Up. Yeah, we will do business again. Um, at some point, once we get a studio in order, which we still plan to do, we definitely want to do some stuff. But um, if you're in the Fall River Mass area, uh, down on Bedford Street where Billy's Cafe used to be is Pachico's Furniture. They got a great amount of secondhand um, furniture that uh, that they have that around. Needs a forever yeah, home. very reasonably priced. Um, but not just like junk furniture, actually some very good stuff. And they got a huge warehouse too Ooh. of stuff they want to do. And they're going to be moving down to South Main Street in a few months. But mm. um, so get down there, check it out, and you know, get some stuff for yourself. And tell them we sent you because that's the whole part of this deal. Yay! So, ah, <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, Chimp yeah. Funeral? Yeah, oh my god. I don't know, man. She's. In the middle of a weird, creepy, preparing a funeral for her dead chimp. And that just makes me think of Michael Jackson. Yes. Did he have creepy chimp funeral? <laughs> I saw, He had to. Yeah, man. Yeah. He, I don't know. They, they were, like, taking out the baby cat. Oh, that's right. She thought that um, Joe was the guy going to drop off the baby casket. Yeah. There's some sort of mortician. No, you got the wrong guy. I'm a writer. <laughs> and then falls into the trap even further. When they t- when his car gets found and towed, and then yeah. he's just stuck there. You're like, oh, they're just things. Uh, oh, I thought it was a matter of life and death. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, nobody knew that that house was there. So, I mean, at that point, like, you know Norma, Norma is planning the whole thing. And I mean, because she had to call, yeah, and like make a call and do that. So, at that scene, Probably. yeah, at that scene, it's all like the it's backed up. You know, the the tow truck is backed up to the garage. Mm. You know, completely there, and then she had to give directions and an address on where to go because nobody had GPS at that time. Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, but car phones, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, Apparently. she had a car phone, yeah. They have the technology, just nobody else has the technology. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like also, there's the uh, scene later where you have the cameos of... Mm. Um, Her bridge club. Yeah, Anna, Anna Q. Nielsen, H.B. Warner, and Buster Keaton. I've only that heard of Buster Keaton. That was a great, great cameo, just... The fact that nobody spoke, but they were just there. That was yeah. just awesome. I felt bad, though, you know, calling him a washed-up has-been, basically. Well, yeah, he 
he didn't really get going until about 10 years after this movie was done. Yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. a revival in the 60s, I think. Yeah. Yeah, then, you know, it was late 50s with the, with the, um, with, uh, Twilight Zone. Oh, and that's, then, like, yeah. my favorite and episode then he ramped of the Twilight up, Zone. Uh, yeah. In the 60s, we did a lot of, yeah. uh, A funny thing happened uh, to the way on the forum. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. the, the he witch was doctor in uh, a beach movie. And we yeah. met Funicello. I actually saw one of them. I can't remember if it was called... Yeah. It was uh, How does stuff a beach wh- party bingo or oh. muscle beach party or something? I'd have to look really- up. Yeah. There is one. I don't know How does stuff a wild bikini? He's the witch doctor. Yeah, I saw it. Yes, that one. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah, that's what I think I sent you. That's probably picking up in my... Oh, sorry. I can't no, stop. that's okay. These cookies are weird. Bob brought us cookies, and he says they're weird German cookies. Well, he didn't say they're weird, but... The chocolate cookies with the wafer and the cardboard. But this, this wafer thing at the bottom looks like white foam, and I, I was eating it, and I'm like, did somebody just put pour the chocolate around a foam insert with no. the, some cookies? I thought in they the were good, man. I, I just haven't seen an edible thing like that. Yeah. You know what actually reminds You'll me see of? the German Packing peanuts? No, actually, uh, I don't want to go too religious here, but I think it's okay to talk oh. about... Oh, yeah. We used to go to uh, church and get the uh, the body of Christ. <laughs> that, now that's I'm thinking of South Park. That's what it tastes Park. like. <laughs> the body of Christ, so... You put chocolate all over them? You put chocolate over the body of Christ, and we call it candy. <laughs> what was the appeal of Neckle Wafer? Now it's say Jesus was a chocolate man. <laughs> 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 we need to get back on track. Uh, uh, I just remember the one funny joke Dane Cook ever did when he called uh, he called those Jesus. Oh God! <laughs> so he's there. He gets the um, his the job that she wants from him. Yeah, she's gonna lavish him with all kinds of like money stuff. Makes him get some suits and watches and cigarette cases. And she has a script she wants to give to a director that she, yeah that's been stringing her along, I guess. And uh, yeah, she wants. Um, Wants him to rewrite it, and he's got nothing else going on, so he's yeah. all like, okay. Yeah, and he, he wants to do it very, very quickly, you oh, know, yeah. get it done here, but then she's just hover, yeah, she's hovering her. over him. Like a real creeper. Yeah, and there's a point there, like, during the bridge scene where he's like, oh, he's like, that's the only money I ever saw. I got half of it, whatever she made, hmm. whatever she made in the bridge games. And then that was it. Like, okay, he's kind of becoming the arm candy at this point. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but the... Or um, husband number four, if normal. Would, uh, yeah. Things play out in her uh, yeah, interest. Which that part later revealed was kind of... Ooh. ooh that, that one just kind of hit, hit my spine a little bit. What? Um, well, what's, which re- what's revealed later as oh. far as the husband department. Okay. Yeah. No spoilers, yeah. guys. But the, uh, you know, so... This movie's super old. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was made of people. <laughs> and his uh, name was Rosebud. <laughs> he was a sled. He was half sled, half made of people, reconstituted people. <laughs> Me. Uh, they, so... Mm. He's moved into the mansion in a gradually dependent situation. Uh, he sees that he basically faced facts that the fame evaporated 
And she receives letters every day that is basically made by Max the butler. And, the um, butler! <laughs> Max tells Norma that she's subject to depression and may have made a few suicide attempts. Oh, yeah, they gotta keep her razors away. Yeah. And, and turn then, the gas off at night. And then have no locks on any doors. I don't think Either. there were, like, any knobs in his bedroom. Yeah. When he, no. When yeah. Joe got moved to the yeah. other bedroom. Yeah, there were no knobs on any of the doors because of uh, Norma's uh, potential suicide attempts. and uh, Yeah. Yeah, that was really sad. Yeah, and then there was the expensive clothes. She's going to get them all dressed up for the New Year's Eve party. Oh, God. For two. Yeah. Which was just... Oh, we don't want any guests. Let's just share the night. She gets drunk and... Oh, this is good for us. So they're here, and I don't really blame him for taking off. Yeah. yeah. He's all like, I gotta find people my own age. Yeah. And he sees people who are presumably younger. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, including, um, was it Betty or Betsy? Betty? Betty, the, the, um, she reads scripts for the studio, and, um, yeah, she hated his script when it showed up and said so, but didn't know he was the writer when he was in the room. Yeah. So... Bases loaded. Yeah, bases loaded was the uh, yeah. the film. Yeah. And that's the freaking thing. Like I, I, I like this movie, but that was the one part that like it spelled it all out immediately. Mm-hmm. As soon as you saw her in the room, you knew that was the love interest. Mm. I guess. I mean, uh, did either of you see that before, too? So I, I can't tell. Like as soon as you walk into it, as soon as you do that. What, you read scripts for the... No, as soon, the... <laughs> as soon as she walked in the room and that base is loaded scene, mm. when they're in the office at Paramount, okay, you knew those two were going to be connected somehow. At well, some way. It was a potentiality. Be... I mean, yeah. honestly, I saw her more yeah. as like a, like a, a smaller role in the film where you see her once in the beginning, maybe she'll pop up again at the end. Oh, I didn't actually anticipate seeing them uh, uh, come back together necessarily in yeah. a relationship, but I didn't also think that it might not happen either so yeah 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 but as i see it i'm like okay that's a love interest and maybe it's me i mean i saw it there was a movie that was released in the 80s called zapped again i won't get into that with the reasons of that the prune juice one yeah that's it yeah magic prune juice that's all you need to know (laughs) fair enough but there's a um um there's a bit there where they made fun of it yeah there's a bit there where they made fun of the idea, and there's a woman who walks into the place where he has a job, and they lock eyes on each other, and the music starts playing, and one of the characters says, wow, if this was a movie, we knew you guys would be in a relationship in 20 minutes, right? <laughs> and 20 minutes later, there's a clock, and it go, and there's a thumbs up. On the corner, it's like... Okay, so they blatantly just called that out in that movie. Like, they knew they were being stupid. But it just... That's the one thing I took. I'm like, okay, they're going to fall in love. They're going to fall in love. They're going to fall in love. And later, you know, what happened? Why are you not in, why are you not in love anymore? What happened? You did. They kissed. I'm like, finally! You know, that's just... I don't know. It just started to come together in that way. I mean, that's... Okay, into my rent. Um, so it's all building up, you know, she's got this god-awful script, nobody really wants to tell her it's a god-awful script, so there's a 
Paramount's calling her and calling her a bunch of times. And um, uh, she's uh, acting out her uh, her old roles. Um, and, and when Joe uh, leaves for the, the New Year's party, she cuts her wrists. Yeah. And, and he gets a phone call, so he has to go back and be all like, don't kill those, yourself. And what were those girls laughing at? I don't know. Oh, yeah, that made no sense whatsoever <laughs> what they were doing. Yeah. Well, Joe wanted to go to a place where people still laughed, I guess. But That's what were, he said. I don't know if they were yeah. on the phone talking to somebody or uh, just holding the receiver and just randomly laughing because they were drunk. Atmosphere of joviality <laughs> missing from Norma Desmond's creepy castle. Yeah, okay, I could see that. Oh, she had her own uh, projector and movie yeah. screen. Yeah. And creepy uh, pictures of her everywhere. Yeah, I like the um I like the parts where she says the one line she's like we don't need dialogue. <laughs> we had faces. You don't see faces like that anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, I and I yeah. think this generation would say we don't need dialogue. We have Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to talk. We can just like, You mean emoji? Or yeah, exactly. Emoji, emoji would make more text one another. Yeah. Oh well, you know, an, you know, an emoji movie would just do amazingly well. Yeah, Fuck. maybe someday in the future that will happen. <laughs> oh my God. God help us all. Yeah, it was stupid. You yeah, saw that? <laughs> no. Okay. No. Good. No, I read about it at the end. I knew it was dumb. Oh well. Hey. Um. Were you looking up eggplants? Don't don't be looking at. <laughs> <laughs> well, I looked up a guard, you know, something on a gardening website. Bush. No, it's called. I know my way around a hoe. I got nothing, man. I, I already used up my hinting at dirty stuff joke. I, I, I put all my money on eggplant. It's good to have the four of us back together again, man. That's just funny. Mm. <laughs> oh, the cast don't count. Well, and all four of us here, I mean, the cats, of course, they count, too. I love the kitties. They are kitty cats. I love them. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, I think, you know, when it started, when they start to realize, like, they go to Paramount, and, you know, that's where you really start to see her psychology start to slip. Like, the, the older generation that's still there, like, the, uh, the... Hog eye? Hog eye, yeah. The, the lighting guy. yeah. I like Jonesy when he was coming in. Yeah. Like, Jonesy. And he's like, Norma Desmond. <laughs> it's Norma Desmond. Oh, wow. But everyone else doesn't really know much. Although they seem to temporarily recognize her. Yeah. Well, some, some of the of people, yeah, once, once the spotlight got on her. But it was a really cool thing as you see the generational change. You know, well, obviously like, the the older cast obviously got her. She pushes the microphone out of the way. Yeah. The boom mic. Yeah, yeah. Just not really realizing it. Like, no, that's not what's supposed to happen. But there was um, Cecil DeMille, who, who was real. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, and I'm just looking at the notes right here too. Kind of surprised myself. People just went like. This guy doesn't know who Cecil DeMille is. <laughs> Cecil B. DeMille, that is. No, but one yeah. thing I did like what you were saying earlier was um, about Norma, how all of a sudden we started to see uh, her psyche really come to play. Um, yeah. You see at the start of the film a very uh, isolated uh, 
individual who uh, is selfish uh, in nature because of the lifestyle, uh, being an actress and being very famous and everybody loving her and adoring her. And then obviously you see um, through the course of the film her demise over time and um, how you have Joe comes back into her life and reinvigorates her. And then all of a sudden here she is back on the Paramount lot. And then you see their genuine uh, Norma, the, the Norma of yesteryear, but the Norma who never died, that was always still there, who uh, loves the glory, the fame, the just putting a spotlight on her. It just She glows, she radiates, because that's what she lives for. It's being famous. It's having people yeah. like... Uh, just want to come around you and say how how much they love you and they're enchanted by you and and they're captivated by you and the brilliant thing is <laughs> seeing uh, Cecil B. DeMille uh, say take the spotlight off her yeah you know, everybody just walked away and all of a sudden it's, I mean she's still like living in that moment of like wow what just happened but you see the transition of like the light on her the popularity to there's no light. There's no more popularity. It's like it completely uh, just went away, you know? I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's, wow. I, I, that's really good, man. Thanks, yeah. Wow, that's, that's, a, that's a really good surprise. Really surprised, well. Yeah. She was apparently a pain in the ass to work with, though. Yeah, yes. well, towards the end. No, yeah. well, yeah, that's what yeah. the director was saying. Yeah, well, he said towards the end, as a young star, you know, really hungry, there wasn't really, um, wasn't really much they could, you know, that was really needed. But, you know, I think, you know, if you, if you just kind of do the math and, you know, where this, uh, when this film was made around 1949, and it was around that time period, talkies were already gone for about 20 years. Wait, what? The ta- in the in this film. The Batakis came. You mean the silence? Yes. Yeah, sorry. The opposite. Yeah. Okay. They don't have a catchy name, do they? Yeah. The talkies came around. Silent films were were start were faded very quickly, and you know we're said okay it. He said, okay, well, she faded towards the end. And then, you know, he said, okay, it was difficult to work with. These pictures have changed so much. She was one of those people that just obviously couldn't handle dialogue, couldn't handle speaking yeah. at all. And you expected that she would have a very strange voice. Mm-hmm. She was always, like, making her eyes all big and scary. And, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. So I wonder too, like uh, referencing uh, "Singing in the Rain," where you saw in the character <laughs> all the names escape me at uh, this hour. So I apologize for that. But you see that one scene where uh, they're uh, filming and uh, they they use uh, uh, audio for the first time, and how we hear the uh, the blonde actress whose name is totally running from my mind at this moment. Uh, she starts talking and she talks like this uh, in the voice. And, and all yeah. of a sudden that, that the glamour and the glitz of this like amazing silent film star is totally eradicated. And it's like, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> this is the epitome of what, you know, it's like, here's this a- a- actress that for years all these people in the film had looked up to and said, wow, what an amazing actress, how beautiful it is and how the way she moves. And she opened her mouth and everybody goes, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? It's like, and it just completely destroys the uh, the character. And I, and I see uh, somewhat of a, 
a reference to Norma Desmond in the sense where you have uh, a woman who, who basked in the glow of silence, of, of using uh, physicality versus uh, uh, audio to express something. So you see uh, a sense of fear in her because maybe she has that sense of doubt that if I start talking, maybe that glory, that fame will be taken because maybe people will judge me. So I wonder... I, I really wonder about the psyche of Norma Desmond because it's really... You think that's even, why she had so many pictures of herself? Yeah. I thought it was uh, just standard, full of herself, trying yeah. to I remember she, old glory, kind of yeah. wallowing in... Yeah, but she's in silence <laughs> in the photos, and she had her own hidden movie theater, too, which... You know, which I guess then was probably amazing, but seems kind of standard now. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That was like really the uh-huh. origin of the uh, the home home theater viewing. I mean, yeah. like what we do today. I mean, she True. was doing uh, in the yesteryear, but I mean, I really, I don't know if it, I don't want to talk about personal experience and things I've you know been going through, but uh, just seeing the way uh, she isolates herself and. Uh, she, she lives uh, the glory of the yesteryear and believes that what was then is now as she lives in that moment. Yeah. It's very, yeah, it's very, uh, dis- destroyed. It's just, it's very, it's like, it's like separating yourself from reality in a sense. What she's done is she's, uh, she lives in the yesteryear, but she forgets to live for today. So she just, stays with what she knows and refuses to, you know, go outside of that. So the fact that she even took that trip to Paramount, I was very impressed with her because it was like, here's a woman who's isolated and now she's willing to step out outside of that. But at the same time, it's only stepping outside to go right back into what she, she knew, which was being basking in the glow of uh, the yesteryear and, and having people come up to her and say how much they love her and they're yeah. you know, amazed by her. I mean, the woman is just purely, she's the most selfish, isolated woman ever. Like, she's like this great psyche study of, like, how not to be in, in real life. Right. And, <laughs> yeah, no, is. you're right. And yeah. what she, what she really did, I mean, I don't know if, um, to your point, what she, when she left... She left because she thought she was needed, or this is her big break, her callback, because she wrote this. She wrote this script, in which I can only imagine it would be somewhat like the room. Oh yeah. my! <laughs> that there would Norma be Norma Desmond in the room. Oh lord, <laughs> <laughs> Lordy, <laughs> <laughs> just just the flower shop scene alone. <laughs> oh hi. Hey, doggy! <laughs> now I'm thinking Carol Burnett. She could do oh, that. Oh, Norma, hi. I didn't know it was you. Why you didn't know it was me? You're my favorite customer. Why, yes! <laughs> Is this when they find out that um, they only called her because of her car? They wanted yeah. to borrow her car? Yeah, basically, they, they figured that out. It's still the, don't the, want to tell her, though. Yeah, DeMille basically says, oh, it's great respect, and he uh, um, evades her questions about the uh, Salomon, which is the title of the script Uh, she was doing. Salome? Yeah, Salome, sorry. I always wanted to say Salami, but I was wrong. Yeah, so they know they want to get the car there. Joe starts sneaking out so he can work with Betty. 
um, to get a screenplay there. And then, you know, Max discovers that he's moonlighting and sneaking away. So he reveals that he was once a respected film director who discovered Norma as a teenage girl. So and the actor he, really was a director. Yeah, he's like, I made That's what her... I read in that article. Yeah, I made her a star, and he became the first her first husband. Mm. And then the that big... That was shocking. Boom! Yeah. Oh, okay. That was a really shocking moment. Oh, I couldn't moment. help but think of Uncle Fester every time <laughs> I saw him, too. It just... You know, I was thinking of Don Rickles, but rest in peace, I love Don Rickles. He's a brilliant person, but oh, man. the faces that uh, what Eric would uh, make when, uh, he's honest to God, it was, there's something so Rickles about him, but with the weird accent, but so non- <laughs> Rickley, non-Rickley, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Just imagine a Don Rickles in this role, too. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. The hell you fucking need you, moron! <laughs> 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 Norma's the kind uh, you don't want to be. You don't want her to be your girlfriend. She's the kind like no. Oh, I'll kill myself if you leave. I bought a gun. See. <laughs> she basically is the silent film overly attached girlfriend meme. I'm not familiar with that. The overly meme, attached girlfriend with a. I've smack. seen that picture though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The thing here. So, basically, Norma finds the manuscript and starts calling Betty in the middle of the night. And then, you know, everything really starts to come to a head here. Um, you know, they're overhearing Betty Joe's... Betty is going to marry somebody else. Yeah. Artie. Wants to marry Artie. Yeah. Who's there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the scene, you know. Oh, you know, you know, you know they're going to do something. There's going to be some sort of love twist thing. Um, he brings her over to the house and then kind of gently just gets her to go away. To go be with Artie. Yeah. I guess be selfless and not creepy yeah. and clingy like I, Norma. I couldn't help but think this. I haven't said it when we were just watching this. Like This is Casablanca's ending. Yeah. To a degree, this is just there. Like, okay, if she says, if he says, here's looking at you, kid, I'm like, there it is. Disgusted with the whole scene because then he's packing and he's like, yeah, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah, and he wants to go back to that copy job in Dayton, Ohio. I guess there was some worse things than failing in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, true. He says, okay, it won't be a glamorous life, but at least I'll be able to eat. He'll have integrity. But I think it was really, he really took the high road. I mean, I think because he had so many uh, late night engagements with Betty, um, he was falling for her. And clearly... Well, he kissed, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. then over a period of time, or maybe it was like a night based on the film, I wasn't sure what, how it occurred, but all of a sudden, the, the, the next night or within a couple of days, there she is at the typewriter. She just stares at him like helplessly or just yeah. like, like lost inside of this dude. And it's like, uh-oh. It's like uh, there's a, there's something going on here, you know. Yeah. And then they they do that walk down that street, which I think was from Singing in the Rain. Another N- reference. I is could it be wrong? Wait, Singing in the Rain was like 1953, right? Oh, I'm not sure. But that street, well, it reminded me a lot of Singing in the Rain. But I don't know. It was like yeah, I can set. see your point. Yeah. I could be wrong, so don't yeah. don't quote me on that. Yeah. Anyway, but you see that sense of that office relationship romance budding in that moment. Yeah. But what I really liked about Joe. 
when he had uh, Betty at uh, Norma's house was that he took the high road. He's like, this is the life I have. Yeah, you know, there's. I don't have to worry about it. I'm taken care of. And, and she's but he also tell, seemed saying, disgusted with it, too. Yeah. There was a sense of disgust. But in that moment, you saw Betty reaching out saying, come away with me. Let's... Uh, you know, let, get let, your things and leave. Yeah, exactly. Like what? Get the many tailored suits, six different shoes. Is he yeah. trying to convince himself? Maybe. But then, why yeah. would he like pack the, up and leave right after? But I like what you're saying, Kaz, about because uh, there was a genuine sense of disgust. But I feel yeah. like he throughout the entire uh, his uh, explanation to her, he was, he was really trying to take the high road. He wanted to see her with Artie because he knew that they were very deeply in love, and he just he didn't want to be that guy. That screws yeah. them up. So yeah, he didn't want to be the Norma. Even, yeah, definitely he didn't want to be the Norma. But mm. he, the thing that I, I got a kick wow. out of what, how he says it's that weird. I didn't want to. He invited her and Artie at some point uh, down the road back to their oh, Norma's house to go in the pool. The pool, which yeah. I thought was kind of funny. Like, oh, I okay. thought he was being kind of. I could tell he was being facetious. And like, I, I thought kind of joking. I got a kick out of it. Yeah, like yeah. snarky. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, the the way that uh, the the fallout from it, it looked pretty bad. It looked like uh, Joe was really uh, kicking her, uh, kicking her out of sorts. But in my mind, I think he was trying to keep her on the right path because he wanted to see her happy, and he didn't want to be that guy to screw up uh, her future. But at the same time, going back to what you said, Kaz, it, it, there, he was definitely disgusted in it because his whole dialogue was, it was it's just the tone of voice. Exactly, it was his tone. Yeah. It was just. Too many, like, mm. you could tell this guy was disgusted. And the fact that he even goes to like pack his bag Maybe with directly after, it's like, but yeah. I feel like um, he's also, well, maybe kind of doing Norma a service because maybe he was just disgusted by the way everybody led her on because they were too afraid to hurt her feelings. Mm. You know, the director yeah. and, and Max. That's and, a possibility. Like yeah. That. And then point. he's just like, yeah. 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 Even you know towards that point where Screw it's this, like I'm out. <laughs> yeah, where he's just starting to go and, oh, it's and like, she's like, like, I I could kill myself, and he's like, yeah. that's between you and you or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Basically, you'd be, you'd your be, problem. Yeah, you'd be killing yourself in an empty house. Oh yeah. Yeah. Go oh, ahead. Oh, and he tells her about the whole car thing. Yeah. They I'm want. Not, yeah. Sure. That was. Yeah. I guess it. I don't know. Yeah, so I, well, set you free or make you crazy. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that was also a selfish motive too, because he kind of yeah. wanted that off his conscience. Oh, because you took away my love, so I'm gonna take away yours. Yeah. Tit for tat. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But was I also it? saw uh, like their relationship was very protective, uh, more protective on his end because I feel like he was uh, an individual that because she was always trying to lavish him and give him all these things that he didn't have, help him pay off his debt for his his rent, his car, and take all the, these things, there was a sense of regret in him because that night that, was it uh, New Year's Eve, when she did uh, slit her wrists, and, I mean, for the guy to go back and just sort of, uh, I think he just fell for it. I can't find the words, but he... Tried to make it work. He her arms apart, and he says, Happy New Year. And they went to engage in a kiss. And I wondered... When he went to kiss her, was it genuine or was it out of regret? Because mm. I was so I was torn Kitty between. Kiss? Is this a a man who I, felt regret over this woman, or yeah, or he wanted to protect this woman, or yeah. maybe it's all of that. Hmm? Maybe it's all of that stuff. Yeah. Maybe he didn't know himself. 
I would think he really didn't know himself through the whole movie. Maybe he tried to make it yeah. work or something. Yeah, well, he was trying to make it work as a writer. He wasn't really no, doing I mean, so. The, a relationship. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he was trying to make it work as a writer, and then he was looking for, like, his easy streak. He fell into his easy streak when he, he well, lack of a better term, he shacked up with this old lady. Mm-hmm. And, Gold you know, digging. And then, you know, found out, uh, you know, found out, okay, this isn't that great. It's not really that much of an easy streak. I'm going to go back. And, you know, he just didn't really change at all. You know, he's like, the money isn't worth everything anymore. You know, I don't know. He changed at the end. Oh, yeah, he he was dead. No, I mean, he he was like, (laughs) screw all this, I'm going back. That was a change. Yeah, yeah, true, true. He no longer was going to sacrifice integrity for, uh, to, you know, try to make it. Yeah. Yeah, the... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I think, like, in essence, I think he was living a lie because there's a guy that was uh, a writer and he was trying to, like, he wanted the riches. He wanted to be uh, successful. He wanted to have that that film that said, because he even said in the film, a story by or an original uh, play by or something, whatever he was trying to uh, get at. He wanted to have that, uh, that glory and that fame, but but living with Norma, I, I think... While, gosh, I don't know, I'm trying to fight him, so... Don't let the quest for fame consume you? I don't know. I I think he he, he didn't want to be... I I think he didn't want to see himself uh, fall so deeply into this woman that he, too, became trapped in that reality that was uh, so separate from the real reality, which was of living outside of Norma's uh, home. Because yeah. there was something about her house that was, it was like a, a reality within a reality. Not to go, you know, I'm not trying to go sci-fi or anything here. But, but the idea of like, it's it just a separate place to live and exist in a reality that it keeps moving on and continuing on in its own uh, special way. So well, yeah. and he, he didn't want to get stuck into that trap of living there. So by him packing the bags at the end, that was his way of saying, I'm out. I want to go back. And he accepted. He was going to go back to that copy job in uh, Ohio. Yeah. He wasn't too proud of it, but he said, he's like, damn it, I'm going to go back and give it a shot, and maybe something will change as a result of it, or maybe not, but he, was, he wasn't willing to get stuck in a uh, living uh, a, a life of lie, or a life that um, was void or m- missing from a real life. A life that life. wasn't living? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry for the philosophic, my brain. No, that's what we're here for, man. Yep. So the this is where we start at the end. Is she calls? She pathetically calls out for Max to stop him. Uh, Max don't show up, but um, he walks away and she shoots him. I mean, does he? She, she does she hit him the first time? Because he just keeps walking like. Mm-mm-mm. Then she shoots him again, and then he's all like, "Uh oh, stumbling," and then yeah. he shoots him again. He falls in the pool. Yeah, I think also the last time he turned and he's like, it was almost like he was going to like grab his briefcase again. I was like, really? What the hell did you just do? Like, like that was kind of a fun, it was sort of funny. And then he's like, oh, crap. And he fell back. Like, like wow, this is he really the forward. end. Yeah. I think. He fell back and then turned forward into the pool. Uh. But, he's like, but he was looking straight at her at pretty much his last breath. 
So she's basically, uh, Norma is completely just lost in reality. The cops are trying to talk to her, and she's just putting her makeup on. And, you know, through this time, she's going through the beauty treatments and... Preparing for her close-up. Yeah, then, you know, like, well, it's going to be one way to get her downstairs, so... So Max convinces her that, well, hey, she's like, what, cameras? When she hears about the cameras. Yeah, (laughs) it just reminded me of Jenna Maroney from The Rock. (laughs) Cameras? Somebody said camera. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, at that point. That close-up on camera. And it, oh god, what a great show! So yeah, uh, that's how they. He has to be all like, okay, you, you, this is your scene and stuff like that, and to trick yeah. her into going down and yeah, and at that point, she seems she happy. Completely, that woman was completely lost at that point. I think yeah. after the fact that she killed Joe and shot him three times, uh, I think even Max realized that she was done for. I mean, even in uh, Joe's uh, what it, monologue at the end, like, uh, which was weird, like having him describe something when he's like dead, and he's describing something happening after the fact that he's dead, which was a bit odd. I'm not gonna. Kind of odd, but um, j- just American Beauty. Well, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think maybe <laughs> somewhere else too, but I can't yeah. recall. But no. in summary, I mean, basically, he, mm. he said. You know, she screwed. I mean, she just screwed herself by killing him. Yeah. Because now, like, she'll just ultimately become this insane woman. And you see that when this woman is sitting, putting her makeup on, thinking that she's somehow on a set or about to, like, reemerge into uh, some kind of film. Yeah. She, she, uh... Uh, and this glorified walk down her, like, gigantic stairwell and is, like, mesmerized by her own uh, fame. And it's like, oh, my God, this woman is psychotic. Well, that that also was a really interesting point because I noticed when, she, when she's walking down the stairs, everybody stands still. And um, she's uh, everybody stands still as she's walking down. You know, there's so it's almost a, yeah, yeah. That was fascinating. Yeah, they're almost like okay, everybody froze for, but you see Max's change of character. Oh, he plays it's, the director again. Yeah, well, not only were it's in his facial features hmm. that he changed. You his know, wrinkle features. Yeah, 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 yeah. His wrinkle features, like the whole movie, he's very stern. He knew yes. he knew exactly. Then you know, he's like, oh god, like you could see. What have we he's, done? He's worried, like, you know, maybe I should have done something. And what just crossed my mind, if... Shouldn't have humored her? <laughs> yeah, if he was husband one, Joe was, for lack of a better term, husband four. Mm-hmm. What happened at two and three? Hmm. That's in the prequel. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> Please be joking. Well, sequel. yeah, what happened to two and three? Sunrise Dirt Road? Sunrise, the universe. The universe oh, of the sunrise. No, don't. Ride. Don't make a don't make an extended movie universe. The number three would be an underwater level. Oh, man. Uh, well, we already kind of had that. <laughs> you, you think he, him and, and Jay Gatsby should have a pool party? <laughs> I don't think much would be happening in it, though. Well, they would get drunk in a hotel. <laughs> Shiny thing is not a very good book. 
<laughs> uh, so then you get the you know the famous line, and you said she's so out of it. She's like, "All right, Mister Demille, I'm ready for my close up." And mm-hmm. we get the longing, you know, Creepy hands out in. stare. Ah, ah. And then Netflix took over and gave us a preview for Bright. Yeah. That just kind of ruins Fuck. the atmosphere. Like, like, oh, wow. Cool. Oh, 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 oh. What? <laughs> yeah. what the fuck Why? is this? That I don't want sci-fi cool. or whatever. Not, I did not like that at all. That was not cool. No, me neither. That was a very... I just want to the credits. Yeah, it just... Let the, let the whole atmosphere run out. Let it yeah. fade out. Then give let us the Let the orgasm, trailer. the climax finish. <laughs> Before... Yeah, and this it's movie. Killing. Well, this film is a tragedy, really. I mean. Yeah. The thing. I'm I, with you. The, yeah. the thing is, I, I don't want you know, I don't want to keep going back over, but I actually felt We're bad good. for this woman. Like I really. Oh yeah. She's I really, wa- I really had hoped. I, I really hoped in the end, she, like I didn't want like her to kill Joe. I couldn't even believe she killed Joe, but I mean, yeah. obviously we knew that at the beginning, but at the end, it's like, why? Because. She, so nobody I mean, else could have him. I mean, like the fact, it's like, damn, why did you have to go and kill Joe? I would have rather have seen Joe moved on. Uh, he'd go like Casablanca. He could have like went into the sunset or whatever it was, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And it's either, she could have uh, maybe Cecil B. DeMille would have called her and said, hey, I got a, a role for you. And she would have said, cool. And she would have gone back out. I would, that's something Somebody I would have Somebody should make her be an old lady in the background, but, but I don't think she would have taken that. Yeah. I know. She, she hmm. wouldn't have wanted to be the... Uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the, the B-roll or whatever they may call it. But no, I mean, ultimately this film really um, was a tragedy. I mean, it was such a uh, a selfish, uh, isolated uh, woman. And it's just a tragedy to watch her, like, go as far as she did. It's like she felt like she was recovering from this, like, life or, like, you know, she was about to have her uh, spot in the, uh, her spot in the fame again and become this, like, incredible, uh, popular uh person and all of a sudden she wouldn't like, because they secretly we were like oh yeah the script sucks yeah we're just humoring her it was like everybody else was everybody else knew except norma yeah. norma thought she knew what was going on but she was living a fantasy from start to finish and i guess the the real fantasy was you know like now she's going to go in a mental institution and go live a real good fantasy yeah for what she did i just expected she would be in a padded cell and there would be three um this you didn't see, but um, there's the Carol Burnett sketch where, um, you know, she's walking around all crazy, and then Harvey Corman is playing the Max character, and he has cardboard cameras, <laughs> like, around the room, and it's just like, all right, madam, I'm ready for your close-up, madam, there you are, like... <laughs> and like there, there's another one where he had the de- you know I think they did a few more but there's one where they're at a restaurant he just you know he just pantomimes the camera yeah. and you know from there but I mean Harvey Corman is just a freaking genius I cannot say enough about that man he's so good but I I agree with you it definitely is a tragedy yeah um I think we kind of you know we knew but then you see it happen you're like yeah. oh jeez it was like a slow or, speed car crash yeah or really? he or he expects that you know he would be alive yeah or at some point you know they would fish him out of the pool and he would be fine mm-hmm. you know resuscitate him immediately or you know like oh wow he you know wow, there's sure, like no blood in that pool yeah 
Right, yeah, true. Or like, um, see, if this was a, a Marvel film, yeah, Joe would would be uh, in some other uh, country like Wakanda. Uh, and the whole thing would have been a uh, like a memory chip implanted in it. It would be like, oh, it was just a dream the whole time or if something, this, you know? Yeah. This or maybe a, that was Dallas, my bad. I forget. Whatever show you want to, whatever show you want to refer to if, as this a, was a dream a, sequence. Yeah. If this was a, a Tarantino movie, um, he would have exploded blood and then punched his way out of the water. <laughs> or let's go with the Archer parody, what ended up being it was one of his body doubles he didn't give a shit about anyway. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, like, oh, oh, right. That's pretty cool. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it really was like that. There was a scene that was shot for shot exactly that. I'm like, wow. oh. Uh, that's that was a great great season. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but okay. Would it the movie have been better if the ending wasn't like that? Uh, no. I don't think it would have been as successful because people would have played it off as like expected. Like, yeah, the, yeah. something good will happen and it'll be all right. I think that's the reason. It got as many uh, nominations, Golden Globe, Oscar wins. I think the the way it played out in the end was probably, for the sake of the film, the best way it could have played out. So I, I, agree, I agree with you. And just think about what I said before about how many um, how many movies this year got nominated with you know that were basically considered character studies. Yeah. Um, I I had a couple of them memorized, but I mean, like all I could okay. think of right now is. Uh, is get out, but you know, with with others that were just specific and and that I think yeah, this the one with Meryl Street yet again. Yeah, uh, again. Yeah, I don't think we have to sit here and list all the movies. Well, no, but I, the point I'm trying to make is that with this, this this is a character study. I mean, these people for a little while. I mean, I kind of forgot that these were actors. That this was Will Holden and. Um, and Gloria Swanson. Oh, like, that's kind of what you're supposed to do in a movie. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, a good movie. Yeah, a good movie itself. But you forgot that you kind of, if you you forget that these are actors there, and this is this was absorbed and it was really good. Um, I think for that fact. So, um, yeah. One of the things I was actually happy to uh, see was Jack Webb, who was uh, in Dragnet. He was. Yep. I was very happy to see him pop up. <laughs> yeah. At a, yeah. Sh- what's it? Was it uh, Wash Wash Schwab's uh, pharmacy or oh. whatever? Yeah. It was, which was right next to the. Uh, that was a fancy soda fountain or something. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. Or whatever it was, it was like a sandwich shop. I I was like, what the hell? Blinking was, neon a, a lights. Far- exactly. Blinking neon lights for a pharmacy, <laughs> which is directly inside or next to. A sandwich or soda fountain shop or something. They which had was like that so used to be at soda fountains. Used to be at pharmacies, right? They were. Yeah. I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, they were. For some reason. Yeah. Well, they hey, they do have. Be great back in the day. Food at CVS, you know. <laughs> yeah. They have frozen food at CVS. At CVS, get on it with the neon nineteen fifties neon lights. Yeah. <laughs> well, how cool is it? You go to the pharmacy like not feeling so good i got the flu it's like oh, i'm just gonna go pop over to the sandwich shop and give everybody the flu <laughs> hey who wants to drink a soda <coughs> i just like sick. Oh, this is great just spread all your germs and ruin everybody's day 
You need a root beer float. Looks like you got a case of the typhoid. <laughs> <laughs> Those hemorrhoids are kicking up again, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you just need cinnamon buns, Mr. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> a 10 cent uh, sugar pill <laughs> well I don't got much else to say no. should we wrap it up well yeah so next week uh-huh. our one year anniversary oh shit I'm married of <laughs> oh, oh you guys oh, our sorry. one year anniversary of movie theater time machine well two weeks will be one year you've been on this <laughs> too so oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so well, we're going to uh, try to get some things together within the week because I got a couple of thoughts of what I want to do. But no hold off for now. Slight, slight bit of celebration. Um, you know, pick a movie, see what we can do with it. And then, you know, maybe have some sort of one-year look back on a few of those things. So we'll see where we go from there so as always it's fun episode 52 is in the books yay damn i'm hungry all right it's gonna rustle the bag of chips is gonna rustle real loud okay shout out quick to our uh our twitter followers uh, you can reach me at mttm bob on twitter and also at mt time machine on twitter as well we can get the latest updates uh, and any questions or comments you want to reach out to us, let us know. Any feedback, anything at all, always appreciated. I will respond as promptly as I read it and can get to it. And one more, just a friend of the show, an absolutely funny as hell guy, Boston Johnny of the Midwest Bostonian. Yeah. Um, he is freaking hilarious. He had a special... Um, He's going to have, actually, uh, he's going to have Max on the show in a couple of weeks. Oh, my. <laughs> he don't know what he's getting into. Dude, I'm following that. Uh, but um, he's uh, going to do that. But they just did a whole uh, couple episodes interviewing random Patriots fans. Uh, which was the one of the funniest episodes ever. It was one of the DJs WAAF. Um, but he's growing up doing very, very well. Um, check him out. He's really, really super funny and he really, really loves our stuff too. So, uh, but all right. So that's what we have here. Um, be good. Take care of yourselves, but don't be too good. <laughs>